0: First John chapter 3 and verse 1 says, Behold, and when we see the word behold, it is a a word that is wanting to capture your attention, direct your attention to consider and see what is about to follow this word. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. What manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. He wants us to consider this, to see. And in the Old Testament we see phrases in, for instance, the book of Psalms where the psalmist would say, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Magnifying the Lord doesn't make God bigger, but it makes him more imminent or more, more pronounced, more exalted in your perception, in my perception. If you take something and you put it under a microscope to magnify it, you put it under a magnifying glass to magnify it, It doesn't change the size of what you're looking at actually, but it changes how it looks to you. It it causes you to see things you couldn't see if you were just looking at it with the natural eye. And so this is what the Scripture is compelling us to do, to look at the manner of love that the Father has bestowed upon us under a microscope, under a magnifying glass and to see what we can't just see by a mere glance, a just a, a casual look at the love of God, but to give our attention until it's magnified, to look at the aspects of the love that the Father has bestowed upon us until we see details that we can't see with the casual glance. Behold, consider, see what manner of love. The Weist Bible says the manner of love that is foreign to the human heart or the natural heart, you might say. So we've got to look with spiritual eyes. We've got to see from the Word of God because our natural senses cannot identify the love of God just on their own. It requires the revelation. It requires us looking through the Word, looking through the work of completed by Jesus Christ, which is a demonstration of the love of God. It gives us a specific detail to look at as we are considering. It says that we should be called the sons of God. This is the manner of love that He has bestowed upon us, a love that has made us 100% His own children. Not... Specks of dust on the planet. Not a worm crawling in the dust. He has made us His children. We are called the sons of God. Hallelujah. Heirs of God. Joint heirs with Jesus. Hallelujah. He wants us to look at this love that has made us... His own children with a complete position and an inheritance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when we look at this love of God and we begin to examine it, it will help us to know how we are created. We are born of love. We are born of God. God is love. We are born of love. And for us to be able to love ourselves and to love others correctly, we first need to be able to recognize, identify the love by which we are born again. The love that has given us life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm chapter 103 and verse 13 And I would like to ask if we'll just go to the Amplified on this because in the King James it uses a word that has changed in its original definition. Psalm 103, I'm going to have the Amplified on the screen for you. It says in verse 13, Like as a father, just as a father loves his children... Now, do you see why I'm choosing the Amplified? Because the King James says pity. And we have a different definition for pity than the translators used in the translation of the King James Version. It has changed meanings. God doesn't feel sorry for you. He's not looking at you and saying, you poor pitiful thing, you. (laughs) As the Lord loves... Just as a father loves his children, the Amplified says. This word, pity, that is used in the King James, love that is used here in the original language, it means to have compassion, to love deeply, to have mercy, to have tender affection. This love is something that goes beyond the natural way that we love our children. It is similar, but it is much greater. The love that God has for us is greater than any natural human father has ever had, yet that's the closest thing that we can use to identify the love. So take the natural love that a good father or mother has for their child and multiply it and then multiply it again and multiply it by the highest number you can find because the way that God loves us far surpasses any love we've ever experienced in the natural. Amen? But it is exampled or illustrated or visualized by looking at the parent's love for a child. Just as a father loves his children, so the Lord loves those who fear and worship Him with all filled respect and deepest reverence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Young's Living Translation says, as a father has mercy on sons. The NIV says, as a father has compassion on his children. Hallelujah. So we see... This aspect of the love that God has for us who who worship Him, who serve Him, who have received Jesus as Lord and Savior of our life, and we're walking in that salvation. Amen? Amen? That's how the Lord loves us, as a father loves His children. And He thinks about us good things. Now, we have to allow the Word of God to convince us of this because... Too many times people allow wrong perceptions to convince them how God thinks about them. They allow wrong perceptions to convince them that God is upset with them or critical of them or just watching for them to make a mistake, watching for them to mess up. But according to Psalm chapter 40... And again, I want the Amplified of verse 5. Psalm 40 and verse 5. Many, O Lord, my God, are your wonderful works which you have done and your thoughts which are towards us. I'm reading King James right now, but I'm going to go to the Amplified. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. The Amplified says, many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which you have done, and your thoughts towards us, your thoughts toward us, no one can compare with you. Hallelujah. If I should declare and speak of them, they are too many to be numbered. Not just his works, but his thoughts towards you. His thoughts towards you are too many to be numbered. Anytime I fly into a city like Dallas or Los Angeles, you know, when you're, you're flying into Los Angeles, it takes you 10 minutes of flying over suburbs, how, houses. I, I don't know how many miles it is, but I mean, you're just, you're just, you're trying to land and you're just for 10 minutes seeing all these houses fly under, uh, that you're flying over, passing under you and you realize how many people are in this world. I mean, you, you kind of get into a bubble if you just drive around town and you encounter a few people here and there, but if you are ever in a situation to fly into one of these large cities or to be in a, a multitude of people and you begin to realize there are large cities like this all across the nation, all across the world, there are, there are multitudes of people. And God's thoughts towards me? That he's still in the midst of all of these people, that he is so God. He is so much God. He is so infinite in his ability that he can think about me all the time. That I'm on his mind all the time. And his thoughts toward me are too many. To be numbered. Why? He's my Father. He's my Father. Psalm chapter 115, we began to see... uh, Actually, I want Psalm 139, 13. Psalm 139, 13. For you have possessed my reins, you have covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows right well. My substance was not hid from you when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance yet being unperfect, And in your book, all my members were written, hallelujah, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. Hallelujah. How precious also are your thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. How great is the sum of them. Precious is a word that means valuable. It denotes a value system. We would use it to describe precious gems like diamonds and rubies. But we, we refer to them as precious because they have a value system that is set apart. They have a value system to describe their worth. And he says his thoughts towards us are valuable. He thinks about our worth. We worship Him for His worth. We ascribe worth to Him. But God thinks about you. And He thinks about how He's created you. How He formed you in your mother's womb. How He knit your bones together. And even as He was knitting those bones together, we know from the book of Jeremiah chapter 1 that He had already set apart purpose for your life. He had already ordained and, and positioned what was to be in your life. Concerning his kingdom purposes and his kingdom callings. How precious are your thoughts to me. How you think I'm valuable God. How you think I'm valuable. You think I'm valuable. You think think I am of great value to you. He thought so much in that line that he sent his only begotten son. How much more shall he not with him give us? All things that pertain to life, right? He looked at our lives and he counted them so valuable and so worthy that he, the only thing that could purchase our life, he was willing to give it the highest price. He didn't negotiate and try to bring the value the price he had to pay down Thank you. he didn't try to say well let me just let me let me compromise and, and let me see if I can get this price lowered no he was his whatever the price is I'll pay it on, yeah. the highest price I'll pay that yeah. yes, what because they're worth it God. hallelujah. Praise. Hallelujah. How precious also are your thoughts unto me. How great is the sum of them. Hallelujah. Again, value and a multitude of thoughts because you're on his mind. Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. even if it's familiar to you, go ahead and turn to it and put your eyes on it. Hallelujah. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. (laughs) I know the thoughts that I think toward you, about you, concerning you. God's been thinking about you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. Do you see the comparison? There's a contrast made right there. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. That's what God thinks about you. Hallelujah. He has thoughts of nothing missing, nothing broken. Thoughts of a restored life. Thoughts of a whole life. A life made whole. A life made complete where there's nothing missing in your life, nothing broken in your life, that His peace will come into your life, the thoughts that He's been thinking to bring your life to a place and a condition where there is such a stability and such a wholeness that you look around and you say, I'm so taken care of. I'm so provided for. I'm so, I'm so strengthened by God's covenant. My relationships are whole. Hallelujah. My steps are, are, are stable. None of my feet slip. None of my steps are slipping steps. Hallelujah. He's made my feet like hinds feet. Hallelujah. So I can stand stable in whatever the situation may be. Hallelujah. Thoughts of peace. Thoughts of peace. That's why when we get in agreement with God, you know the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 12 uh, that He keeps in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on Him. He can keep us in perfect peace because He's already thinking about how to bring us into perfect peace. And if we think about Him, if we keep our mind stayed on Him and He's thinking about us, thoughts of peace, then we've got an unhindered flow of that restoration in our life. Hallelujah. He says these are thoughts of peace and not of evil. So if the enemy comes to you, or even, your, even a carnal thought, because sometimes it's not the devil, it's just the unrenewed mind. Sometimes it's just the unrenewed mind that thinks like you feel. You just got your feelings hooked up to your thinker and you need to unplug it. Unplug your feelings from your thinker and plug your, fi- your thinker into your spirit man. That born again you that is uh, r- led by the Lord. Then you'll be able to identify. That's not the right kind of thinking for me to have. That's not how God thinks about me. God's not mad at me today. God's not, God's not looking at me critically. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, this is important because if God doesn't look at us critically, we can't look at each other critically. Do you see why it's important for us to behold the manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us? Because for us to live out of this love, we're going to have to come in line with it. So we need to know how His love towards us operates. And His thoughts towards us are good. So our thoughts towards each other need to be good. We need to put a guard. Over our thinking, because if the enemy can get us critical of each other and criticizing in the way that our thought patterns work, I began to notice this some years ago. It's been, it has been, I want to say, over eight or nine years since Pastor Steele even watched the sports center, but years ago. He, he would just want to keep up with the, whatever the game stats were, and so he would click on over there, and sometimes when the, the headlines of the sports updates would quit, they would have a show that would come on, and it would be uh, uh, something about the horn. It, 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 can I get any help? Y'all don't watch it either. Good for you. Okay, <laughs> something around the horn or something like that, and these men who have not played football... Or basketball, and you can tell by their physical appearance, they've not been athletic in a while. <laughs> right? But they are criticizing every player who played every game that week yeah. and every coach who, who coached their team that week. And they've got all, and I know that's the name of their game, but what happens is it causes critical thought patterns in the people watching it so that they they come out of there with that pattern of thinking that looks at people to figure out how they could have done it different. Well, if I were them, anytime your thought goes in that direction, put the brakes on it. Amen. Because you're not them, That's and you don't know what they thought, what they face, you don't know how the enemy has attacked them, you don't know how the what different scenario is going on in their life. So you are not adequately, I'm not adequately adequately uh, prepared to make a judgment about if I were them because I'm not them. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 The thoughts I think toward you are thoughts of peace, thoughts of nothing missing, thoughts of nothing broken, thoughts of a life made complete. So the thoughts that we think have to maintain that same thought pattern. Not thoughts of what I would do if I were them. Not thoughts of how they should correct their children. Not thoughts of how, how they should conduct their life. Now that's, we, we recognize we all have the same standard to live by. We all have the walk of faith. We all have the walk in line with the Word of God. And for, for someone to say it is sin for you to commit adultery, that's not judging. That's just identifying what the Word says. I'm not okay. judging that person to say that they need to change that lifestyle and repent, right? That's not being judgmental of them. That's identifying. That, that judgmental is bringing over into that criticism and that, that comparison. Comparison should not be in the life of the Christian. Amen. It, is, it is an evil thought pattern for me to look at my life and compare my life to yours. I'm supposed to take my life and compare it to the Word, not to how you're living. glory. Ooh, glory. Come Come Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Need a little Billy Brim. Woohoo! <laughs> the thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you. So God's thoughts bring something into our life. Because of the thoughts that he's thinking, if I get in line with his thoughts, he's going to be able to bring into my life his expected end. I've got to, I need those thoughts. I need to, to access and, and receive of those because he's thinking about how to give me an end and an expectation. Unexpected an end. So God's always thinking about how to bring you to a place of fulfilling your destiny and fulfilling your life of the blessing. Hallelujah. 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 (coughs) Psalm 115, we'll go there now. And I want to look at verse... Uh, I want 12, but I might need it before. So let me get there and tell you. Hallelujah. Verse 12. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. So what is He mindful of? How to bless and increase you. Yes. That's what God is thinking about. He, the thoughts that He has, these abundant number of thoughts that He has towards us, these thoughts of peace are thoughts of the blessing, of increase in our life how he can bless us. Glory to God. When he looks at you, he says, what can I do for Ron Swagger? What can I do for Ron? He's always, he, it's like he, he's looking to see what he can put in your path that you're going to say, oh, look what the Lord has done. He loves that because he's like, yeah, I did. Do you like it? Do you like it? Are you, are you done? look what the Lord has done and across your path, you just come across things and you're like, oh, Praise the Lord. Look what the Lord has done. He's planning those things. They're not random. They're not random. God's planning them. He's planned them. He's put them on your path so that you can come across them and experience blessing. Daily loads us with benefits. Daily, daily, daily loads us. Not daily eking out a little, little tiny bit. No, daily loading us with benefits. Hallelujah. Why? Because He loves us. Behold what manner of love the Father has. Praise God. Psalm 23 also identifies this love by describing how He shepherds us. It says in verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Why? Because He's my shepherd. He's such a good shepherd... Hallelujah. He's not just taking care of what I need. He's not just providing what I need. Well, you've got what you need. He is providing wants and desires. Why? Because He loves us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I shall not want, I shall not want. I shall not want. Why, he is my shepherd. He is my shepherd. He's thinking about me right now. He's, he's, He's got thoughts towards me that he's thinking right now about how to bless me, how to increase me. Hallelujah. One of my favorite scriptures is in Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 41. It says, I will rejoice over you to do you good. I rejoice. Over him, but he says, I will rejoice over you. That it it so pleases God that he rejoices at the opportunity to do good for you. I will rejoice over you to do you good. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 13. Hallelujah. Verse 5. And I definitely need the Amplified for this. I'll read King James. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The Amplified says, Let your character or moral disposition be free from the love of money. Including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. So he's not telling you that you can't have a, a vision or that you can't have things that, that you would enjoy, but he's telling you not to make them your, your pursuit. Don't give them your uh em, your affection. Don't set your affection on those things. You can enjoy those things. You can, you can say, I would like to have that. But we don't set our affection on those things. Only God is the recipient of our affection. You know, one thing that, that minister Keith Moore has taught over the years that has so helped me, he, he said, I quit using the word love for material possessions. Because people often use the word love to, say, to describe such a variety of things that it loses the impact of the meaning of it and it loses the, the sacred purpose of our love. What is the commandment? In John chapter 13, Jesus gave us the commandment, Love God with all of our heart. That's sacred That's sacred. That's not something natural and it's not something casual. But love in our society has become something so casual with so many inappropriate definitions. Love is not a battlefield. Love is not a battlefield. Think about all the different crazy songs that we've heard over the years from the world that talk about love. Hello, I love you. Won't you tell me your name? No? <laughs> this is inappropriate in defining love, but it's just as inappropriate to, uh, to uh, use my, to, to set love. To, to take love that is such sacred in its expression and put it on chocolate cake or pizza or a vehicle or just fill in the blank, whatever natural possession we could use the word love for. And it, it's, it's a casual conversation. In using it that way, it's something that we we don't even realize that we're taking something that is sacred, that is God is love. So for me to say I'm loving something that is natural, I'm not saying this is sin, but I'm saying it's confusing to your spirit. You will help your spiritual accuracy by using the appropriate determination if you say, I really enjoy chocolate cake I really enjoy that vehicle or I would really like that but to say love I want to keep love for the purpose that God has chosen love God love people love God love each other that's the purpose of love there is not any material thing that is adequate recipient of the love that God has put in my heart. Only God, and He should be first. And we can say, yes, I love God, I'm born again. That doesn't mean you're loving Him the best you can yet. I have found that as I practice loving God, I get better at it. As I I purpose to say, God, I'm going to prefer you. Because love prefers the other person, right? How, how often do we look and say, which is preferring God in this situation? Am I preferring God? Am I putting God first? I, I'm not talking about being religious. Because that can be taken and put into a religious works category. I'm talking about with the heart. Just preferring God honoring God, respecting God, recognizing Him, acknowledging Him. This is, this is why worship is so important because we're not just singing songs. When we worship, we acknowledge, it is you who have created me and not me myself. Is that what Psalm 100 says? Amen. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has created you and not you yourself. That's worship. That's recognizing. That's acknowledging, Lord, you are first in my life. I prefer you above my desires. I prefer you. I love you more than I love anybody on this earth. I love you more than I love my children. I love you more than I love my husband. I love you more. That's appropriate. I don't want to put my husband in a a category higher than God and say, well, I love my husband more and I'm going to do what he says more. No, I love God more. And you remember what Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Right? So I love, and so this is daily coming to that recognition, that acknowledgement that I love God. I love God. I love God's word. I tell you what will help you. Read Psalm 119 every week. And you'll, you'll begin to be saturated with this idea. Lord, I love your law, your teaching instruments. not talking about the Mosaic law. It's talking about the Word. I love your Word. I love how you instruct me. I love it when you correct me. I love it when God corrects me. It doesn't always feel good, but the results are excellent. The results are worth all of the uncomfortableness of the moment. When I realize I've missed it and I need to repent over something and I come to Him and I make it right, the results of being back in that fellowship and back on track and being even in a position more accurate than I was before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to read the Amplified here of verse 5. It says, continuing on here, uh, For He, God, Himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake you nor let you down or relax my hold on you assuredly not now i know we can think well that's just the amplified that's the tone and the words used in the original language the amplified has has brought out what the original language the emphasis that god put In this verse, I will not in any way fail you. Praise God. God, let's be convinced. Let's be convinced God will not in any way fail me. You know, because the enemy wants to convince you otherwise. He would love for you to put it back on God. Well, God didn't come through for me and somehow God... No, God, let's move that all out of the way. There are things that have happened in my life that I don't understand. But I had to come to the determination. God didn't fail me. I may not know all the details of what went on. Other people's choices were involved. Other people had, had things to say about what happened. But God didn't fail me. Why? Because His Word said He will not in any way fail me. Hallelujah. He will not leave me without support. He will not in any degree leave me helpless or forsake me or let me down or relax His hold on me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. 1 Peter chapter 5. Show my legacy Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon you. 1 Peter 5, verse 7. Casting all your care upon Him because He cares for you. The Amplified says, He cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Hallelujah. We have in our English language the word care as a worry or a fret. Also in this verse. Casting all your care. That's talking about casting all your worry. Anxiety. Those things that we consider carrying the cares. He says to cast all those for he cares for you. Hallelujah. But he's not worried about you. He's not anxious about what's going on in your life. His thoughts are peace. And his thoughts have a plan to give you an expected end. But if we're carrying the care, the anxiety, the worry, then we're not focused, because those are thoughts, those are thoughts. Anxiety and worry come with thoughts and through thoughts. So we're not keeping our mind stayed on Him if we're worrying. If we keep our mind stayed on Him, Isaiah twelve three, He is able to keep us in perfect peace. And that's why we cast all, casting all the worry, casting all the anxiety, casting all that turbulence. We cast it. Why? Because He is of interest about our life. The word care means to be of interest or it matters to Him. He's, he's watching over. He is uh, um, ministering to us of our need. Hallelujah. Protecting and providing. He, he will do that. But our part then is to cast this care. Upon him the word "cast" is a word that means to throw a heavy load, and it gives the idea of putting that heavy load on an, an animal that is designed to, to carry a load, like the donkeys or the mules that were specifically designed. You know, mules are not meant for riding. Horses are a good ride mules are not meant for riding (laughs) their temperament and their uncom their their temperament is not built for it and they are uncomfortable in their gait and in even in sitting on them it is it is not a because they're not designed for the ride they're designed sturdy to carry the heavy load and he is saying, I'm the one that's designed to carry the responsibility of your life. Amen. I'm, I'm designed for it. Thank you, Lord. God is designed for it. You and I, we are not designed to carry the responsibility, the worry, the fretting. No, that's not our part. We let him plan it out. Our victories. You know, when God plans your calendar, he puts victory on every day. He doesn't stagger a few little failures in there and go. Well, Friday's going to be failure day for you. You know, it, it's going to bring them down a notch or two. I think I need to humble them. Let me just put a, a few bad days in there, a few a few rough patches. No, God. God says, if you go, you gonna let me plan your calendar, V, V, V for victory, victory every day. I'm just going to put just stamp victory all across your calendar. Hallelujah. So if if that's what He's planned for us, if we'll cooperate with his plan. That's what we're going to have. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Casting all your care, heaving that heavy load onto him, so that you don't have a care. One day in the midst of building at Rama, a visiting pastor was there and brother Hagan was driving them around the campus and showing the different buildings that were underway and uh, in process of being constructed and the parking lots and all of the different things that go on with that and the Bible school and, and this, as they were going around, this visiting pastor said to Brother Hagan, you must be carrying a heavy load. Brother Hagan said, I don't have a care. I don't have a care. This was all God's idea. It wasn't my idea anyway. Hallelujah. He had to practice. He had learned, if you read his book about casting the care, he had learned way back when he was still bedfast as a 17 year old boy, waiting to die, and he got saved reading his grandmother's Methodist Bible. And he said, when he came across In Matthew chapter 6, take no thought for your life. He said, I slammed my Bible shut and I said, Lord, that's impossible. Every day my heart stops. It stops beating in my chest. And when my heart stops beating in my chest, I reach back and I grab the bedpost of this twin bed so much that he had worn the varnish off the bedpost. He said, because I was trying to hang on to my life. I was trying to not die. And he said, Lord, how can you tell me, take no thought for my life when every day my heart stops beating. Sometimes I'll just be laying here in this bed that I'm, I'm confined to because I'm paralyzed and, and I will just lose my sight because of the blood condition. Sometimes my, my vision will just go because my, my blood pressure will drop so much. And then I'm, I'm blind for however long until I, I rest back up. And that's why he could have visitors in the morning but the rest of the day sometimes he, he couldn't even see or hardly hear them. They just looked like uh, uh, shadows. He said, how can you tell me to take no thought for my life? And he quit reading the Bible for like a month and a half. And then finally he said, I knew my answer was there in that book. So I went back and he said, I was he was trying to read from Matthew through the New Testament because he didn't have time, he was going to die. He didn't have time to go back to the Old Testament. So he said, I picked it back up, opened it back up to Matthew and I said to God, if you tell me that I have to submit to this, that I will take no thought for my life. He said, I, I, I don't know how, but I'm just going to, Cast the care of it on, upon you. I'm not going to worry about my life. And he said, after he had made that commitment, when his heart would stop beating in his chest, he would, by, just by habit, start to reach back and grab those bedposts, and he would say, nope, I'm not worried about it. If I die, I know where I'm going. I'm going to go to heaven now, so I'm not going to worry about it. And he had to practice that until he quit reaching for the bedpost. Until when that would happen, he would move over into a place of peace about it. And I think it's interesting that God taught him that before he got to Mark 11. Because it would have been very difficult for him to operate the faith in Mark 11 and receive the healing from God if he was still burdened with the cares and dealing with the anxiety. Hallelujah. The life that God has for us, the thoughts that He's thinking about us, the purpose and the plan that He has has ordained when He was still forming you in your mother's womb, they're connected to us, yielding and walking in His peace. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we look at the love that you have for us. And Lord, I'm asking you to give us an emphasis and a priority in our own personal lives to make loving you of greater importance. Lord, I'm asking you How can I love you more accurately? Would you ask that question today? Just think about that. Think about it. How can I love you, Lord, more accurately? We know that our obedience to His Word is our greatest expression of love, which would bring us to the second commandment, which is love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus brought us a a higher standard of that when he said, love the way I've loved you. Love the way I've loved you. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Praise the Lord.